Genesis um, chapter 1, verse 26. We do have air in this building, but, and, and yes, it is on, and it's been on since this morning. But I, I just, I think I've been a believer for so long that I, I feel like I'm on the special ops team. Because, you know, special ops, they have skill um, where they are able to um, decipher what the enemy's doing before they actually do it. And this is why when God is trying to take you in the place of elevation, something will be dropped or taken from you when he's trying to elevate you. And this is why as he's trying to grow us um, in stature, in people, in worship, in praise, then we have a Sunday like this because it challenges us to see what it'll look like next week, you know? And so I just like, I don't get moved by stuff like that. It's like you wake up in the morning and you feel ugly and, you, and he makes sure that somebody else affirms that in your life. Like... You, you feel like you're, you're drowning or like you can't make it and then you lose a job instead of getting a promotion. But see, when you join the special ops team, you already know what the enemy is doing and it's all just a distraction. And so you just make a decision like, nah, 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 nah. It ain't gonna work, it ain't gonna work because I will not, I, I just simply, I won't, I won't be moved. I will not be moved. I said when I have a promise of a promotion and I lose the job, I'm not going to be moved. When I have the promise that I'm going to be a millionaire and have cars paid off and then mine gets repoed, I won't be moved. Because the distractions are real, but my God, he's just more real than that. In verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And verse 27 says, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God blessed them. He's talking about you if you didn't notice but it says God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every other living creature that moves on the ground verse 29 then God said I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it they will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground everything that has the breath of life in it i give every green plant for food and it was so then verse 31 says god saw all that he had made he backed up from it and he said behold it was very good and there was evening and there was morning and that made the sixth day today I want to start this series with a message entitled behold for some of us we have an ID it's a driver's license it's a California ID it's a passport it's something 
But we all, um, most of us, have something, I, I would say all, but I, I was like, look, back up, get out of there. <laughs> okay, you know, a lot of us. Um, we have something that identifies us um, and it has our name on it, it sometimes has our race on it, it's got our age on it, it's got our height on it, it's got the weight that you think you are on it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because when they put that graphic out, and on mine it said pounds 150, I said, y'all better prophesy. I said prophesy. That's the best word I got all year, you know what I mean? I'm just gonna hold on to that prophecy. You know, you replay your prophecies. I'm going to keep that graphic downloaded. Uh-huh. And I'm going to just tell it prophesy. Okay? Because that one um, was somewhere in the future or past, but it is not. It's not the present. But we have an ID, and that ID usually tells information about who we are. Um, and you need that ID if you plan on traveling. You need that ID if some, for some of us, if we need to swipe in to work. You need that ID if you want to purchase certain items. And so the power of an ID or identification is that it gives you access. And so depending on what it is that you want access to, you need to have your ID locked in. You should not go anywhere without knowing who you are and having proof of who you are. Your identification says, I belong here. Many a times we hear about the kingdom of God, the um, heaven. We hear about all the blessings. We hear about even the body of Christ. And sometimes we simply feel like we do not belong. But God's come in this month of July to give us our ID back. And he says, you have access to everything that I ordained you to have access to. And just because you don't access it, doesn't mean it's not accessible. Our identity in Christ has nothing to do with the choices that we make. When we make choices, we have repercussions or consequences of those choices, but it does not change who you are and what you have access to. In the natural, we apply for ID cards, we apply for a passport, um, many of you all who watch our journey at all, you know that Third um, has been on many trips. Okay, so Third's passport's gonna be coming in the mail soon. You know what I mean? Because they be trying to ID my baby. I'm like, I don't have nothing, y'all. I just, you know, they like, well, where's his birth papers? I, I don't carry those around with me. So we can get him a, we gonna get him a little passport. For us as believers, when we make that decision to come into um, the knowledge of Christ then we become aware of this new identity. However, your identity exists before you even become aware of it. And when we read in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, we get this sense of um, image and it being a reflection of who we are in God. A lot of times we introduce ourselves and um, we say things like, hi, my name is, and I do whatever. I'm a teacher, I'm a principal, I'm a social worker, I'm a whatever the case is. Which then gives us this sense that you are what you do. But you are not what you do. However, because of who you are, then you do. 
And there's a huge difference when you act out of the identity that you already have locked within you. And so I want you to say, I have dominion. Genesis 1 and 26, the first thing that they established with us, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Nothing that you have done or nothing that you didn't do in your life can diminish your value or your worth as a human being. We do things and then we say, I'm such a loser. I'm such a screw up. Absolutely not. You can take an isolated event and turn it into the plan that God has for your life. However, hopelessness, it begins to set in because we don't know who we are. You can't add value to your life um, the same way that you can't take away value from your life. So it works the other way too. And that means that you can't do anything to make you more valuable to Christ than you are today. And once you let go of this feeling that you have to work for a hard taskmaster, that you have to work for their acceptance, that you have to work for the promotion, that you have to do these things in order to increase your value, it takes us off the stress of doing things and it allows you to just be and rest in who God called you to be. If you believe that you are not valuable, then you won't manifest the value of heaven that's come upon you. When we look in the mirror, then there's a certain thing that we see when we look in the mirror. I can look in the mirror and I see dreads, and they're a little fleaky. I like my dreads. But I also look in the mirror and I see a mommy pooch. Come on, mom pooch. Some of y'all got mom pooch. I said, raise your hand if you got mom pooch. We look in the mirror and we see things that we like and we see things that we don't like. But Genesis 1 says that you were made in the image of God. And so he literally is telling you, look again. Look, just look again, because I made you in the image of a certain thing. And so a lot of times we feel like what we see in the mirror is a sum total of who and what we are. But the spirit of God says, look again, I made you in the image of Christ. That means I made you as a creator. I made you as more than a conqueror. I made you beautiful. I made you wonderful. I made you perfect. I made you you affirm I made you just like me that means that when you look in that mirror and you see things that don't look like him it means you need to look again because he made you and then he stepped back he didn't just make you but he made you then he stepped back and he said behold He said, behold, let me just double check one more time. I said, behold, you are made in my image. 
That means every imperfection, you can't call it an imperfection because it was perfect when I made it. So you don't get to dictate for God what he made. We have been called to be God's representative and stand in his authority. That means that every chance that hell gets to question your authority, it'll take it. Because we think that authority comes with age. We think authority comes with position. We think authority comes with status. We think authority comes with stature. I'm not saying I don't, you know, because some people, they a little, little, you know, a little heavy at the top. It's a little intimidating. So it comes with a certain stature. But that's not the authority of heaven. The authority of heaven is something you are born with. And so the authority of being God's representative is even present in the smallest of beings, in the smallest of persons. Even when you were born, before you even entered into this world, you were God's representative. You were born with the power and authority of heaven resting on your life. Why? Because you were made in his image. When you seek out authority, And when you seek out to be a representative of anything other than heaven, you are subject to have that taken away from you. But it's working against you because then you take false authority and use it to dictate and say that you don't have real authority. When if we take on this idea that we are made in the image of Christ, we just simply do what he does. And if we do what the Father does and walk in the authority that he gave us and operate the way that he operated, then we can grab a hold of that identity and that image that he created us with. In verse 27, um, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Say, I possess the breath of God. My outside distinction, male, female, that was on purpose. That was on purpose. But regardless of that outside, male or female, we were created in his image. Now, for some of us, you're like, okay, it can't be both because we're so busy looking on the outside. Now, very clearly, if God were to stand in the mirror, there would be an image there. So in our mind, we're thinking, well, no, he can't be male and female, and they both look like him. But the key is what's inside of you. We're so easily moved and beset by this outward appearance that we strive to get our outward appearance together without paying attention to our inward appearance. The only way that we can both, male and female, look exactly like him is that when you see the image of him, you see his breath. And his breath has no gender. His breath has no weight requirement. His breath has no height requirement. His breath doesn't have a look. His breath doesn't have a skin requirement. Because it's his breath. What is his breath? His breath is life. In chapter 2, he breathed into Adam. And that's when he came alive. We have been operating like empty corpses walking around without allowing the ruach of God 
to breathe inside of us. You can't look like him working on your church outfit. You can't look like him working on your church face. You can't look like him working on your praise dance. You can't look like him working on the outside when you've never allowed him to actually live on the inside. That's how you're made in his image. Heaven's affirmation was made to work from the inside out. Hell's affirmation works from the outside in. This is why we become Christians who try to keep up with trends. We sing, it's your breath and our lungs, but we don't understand what we're actually declaring. His spirit inside of you should bring you confidence. We think self-esteem is getting an outside makeover. But self-esteem is the confidence of God because his spirit is literally the animation of who he is. But see, we try to operate outside of the animation of who he is, and then we just like those old school cartoons that look like puppets. You remember when they were so stiff? Before animation, before they got really good at it, and now they move so fluidly. His spirit is that animation, that outside expression of who he is on the inside. I am um, in a position where sometimes people ask me to write them letters of recommendation. And um, as an individual who uh, sits in a, a natural seat of authority, um, I sometimes have to make tough decisions when I'm asked to write those letters of recommendation. Uh, because when you write a letter of recommendation for somebody, you literally are saying, I believe in them. I put my stamp of approval on them. And the job that they do for you is an indication of what I think of them. And so you basically are putting your neck out there, putting your stuff, putting yourself on the line. And so I do that with caution because I do not want um, to deceive someone by putting a stamp on somebody or something that is not going to manifest what I'm putting in that letter. When I write the letter, my job is to highlight everything great and amazing about you. And even though nobody's perfect, nobody wants to hear about it in the letter of recommendation. Okay, so I'm not going to say they show up on time all the time, but sometimes they eat breakfast on the way here and they got a little stain. Right. I just say they show up on time all the time. Okay. I don't say, you know, they always have great ideas, but we never use them because they cost me too much money. I just say they always have great ideas. Right. And so what I'm doing is I'm simply highlighting all of the amazing things about this individual. If you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 4, it is um, a, a letter that Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And he says, and we, well, first he's talking about himself, but then he, when he gets in verse 4, then he says, And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. To think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant and not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 
And so Paul's confidence, it finds itself in Christ's work and the life-giving work of the Spirit. And so his confidence wasn't necessarily in how the church looked at the time or anything, but he knew that if the Spirit of God was in them, that he could affirm them in everything that they were doing. All the good that we do attests to the Spirit's work in our lives. It is a testimony of our life as the redeemed of Christ. It speaks. And it's not that there's nothing bad about us. Because I know that sometimes, you know, many of us, even when it's an encouraging message, then we're like, I know, I'm affirmed, but, but ooh, all this other stuff. It's like a letter of recommendation. This letter of recommendation has been written for you, and it does not mean that you are perfect. But what it means is that if you allow the Spirit of God to overtake you and you continue to look in that mirror and look again and look again and look again and look again and see with the eyes of the Spirit that you are made in His image. It's not that you're excused from all of your bad or all of your sin, but it is that it has already been paid for. And if it has already been paid for, there's no need for you to pay the cost for it again. And so we have been repaying and repaying and repaying and repaying. I take the twins to the store with me sometimes, and I, I mean, I've never stolen, I, so I don't know where they get this from, but they, while we walk through the line, and we may have something, because I didn't want to pay for the extra bag. Apostle always pays for the extra bags. I don't know. And so I sometimes will carry something out in my hand, and they ask me this question, and they say, did you pay for it? Yes. Oh my God, be quiet. Don't say that out loud. Yes, I paid for it. But they saying it all loud, asking questions, people looking over here. I'm like, yes, I paid for it. And that's how we've been where we make ourselves get back in line and pay all over again and over again and over again and over again and over again. But it's been paid for. Relax, it's okay, we see it, we know it costs, we know it was a mistake, we know it was a shortcoming, but chill, it's been paid for. And so when you realize it's been paid for, you can walk out with all your baggage. And you got confidence though. You might be bogged down with this bag and that bag and this package and that package, but it's all good. You have confidence because it's been paid for. When we look at that, we have to realize that we've been questioning who we are because we thought we had to look like somebody else. For some of us, we literally post pictures of what we want to look like. And if it's not posted, we have it in our head of what we want to look like. And nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with what we want to look like in the spirit. And it's not qualities of what we want to look like that are the image of God. There's nothing wrong with striving for a look, but they should only be qualities of God. But we thought we had to look like our neighbor. We thought we had to look like our sibling. We thought we had to look like our mentor. We thought we had to look like our pastor. We thought we had to look like our parents. We thought we had to look like the next best thing, but you can't see their spirit. And that's the problem with comparison, is you can't see, you can only see what they want you to see. And so we compare ourselves to Casper the friendly ghost. You don't know nothing about that ghost. 
Comparison is a dangerous thing because you build yourself shallowly. I'll never forget, we used to um, travel, well I, well, I guess we still travel a lot. Um, <laughs> we used to do a lot of car travel. We do a lot of air travel now. Um, we, I mean, praise God for the upgrade. Amen. Amen. It's real. Um, so we used to travel in the car a lot, and I, I'll never forget, I got, um, remember when MRSA was really popular? People still get it, but it's like the little skin infection. Listen, I got that, okay? And I was like devastated. I literally, I went to the doctor and I was crying. And I was like, I don't even use public restrooms. <laughs> I just was crying because I couldn't believe that this bacteria had got a hold of me and was eating my flesh. It got to the point where I had a literal hole in my flesh. Like you could see the hole in my, in my flesh, okay? And I couldn't even sit down because it was on my booty, y'all. And I was, I just was dying. I couldn't see it. I was in the mirror, like. It was so terrible. And I wanted to heal so bad. And my instinct was leave it alone. Just leave it alone. I didn't want anybody to touch it. Like, don't, 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 don't mess with it. Because the more you mess with it and the more you poke at it, the worse it felt. And so I was like, just leave it alone. And the doctor made it very, very clear. He said, if you want for this thing to heal properly, you have to pack it. So they gave me gauze. Mm. And we had to stuff the gauze inside the hole to make sure that it grew from the inside out. Because if you didn't pack it and you didn't treat it, what would happen is the skin would grow over the top, but there would be nothing inside of it. So it would be empty on the inside, but it would look okay from the outside. But he said, even if that were to happen, the minute you poke it or prod it, it would open back up and get infected, which means that you would feel like you could sit down in different places, but at the minute pressure got on it, you wouldn't be able to hold up under pressure because there was nothing inside to actually be able to sustain it. You have been comparing yourself to somebody else's infected wound. And they look good on the outside and you're crying on one side because you're like, well, why do I have to get mine packed? Why does somebody have to pour peroxide on me? Why does somebody have to inspect me? Why does it always have to be me? Why do I have to go through the hurt? Why do I have to go through the pain? Why do I have to go through the trials? But God says, I'm building you from the inside out. But when you compare all you can see is what they let grow over on the top. 
God's promise to you is that you have been made in the image of God. Who better to be made in the image of than God himself? Verse 28 says, God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Certain versions say, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Somebody say, I am fruitful due to my power to multiply. If you know anything about multiplication and you, you should, right? <laughs> I was like, hey, this ain't no kids ink now. One times one is what? Come on now. One times two is? One times three is? Y'all good. When you take one and you try to multiply it, all you get is what you're multiplying by. One times two will never be more than two. One times three will never be more than three because you're multiplying by one. If we've been called to be fruitful and to multiply, that means you can't do it by yourself. Because so long as you try to do it by yourself, you'll only get what you're multiplying by. The only way that you can actually be fruitful and get more than what you're multiplying by is you have to multiply by something greater than one. You, yes, you by yourself cannot produce any more than what you're multiplying by. However, when you link up and you realize that it's not just me, but it's me and all of heaven backing me. That's how multiplication works. And we've been trying to multiply, but you've been trying to do it by yourself. But God says, be fruitful and multiply. His intention for everything he creates is fruitfulness and multiplication. His mindset is be fruitful and multiply. He didn't create anything to just be stagnant and die. Sometimes we feel like there's not room enough for us because somebody is already there. If God wanted to just directly create all of the people, all of the birds, all of the fish, all of the animals, then he would have created all of them and he would have created them and then he would have said that the sea was full. Or he would have created people and said the earth is full. But he created just two people, just one of this, two of that, one of this, two of that, different things. Why? And then he told it to be fruitful and multiply. Because he says, because I have creative power, I've given you creative power too. Just because you don't see it does not mean that you don't have the power to create it. We are too easily moved by what we can actually see when the power to create it was given to you. We think that we should just wake up and it's just there. No, the creative power is in you, but you have to tap into that.
power. You were born with the capacity to reproduce after your own kind. What is that kind? That kind is righteous. That kind is in the image of God. That kind has dominion. That kind has power. That is the kind that you were created to reproduce after. His plan is for continuous expansion. Like he was barely creating things and he already was like, be fruitful, multiply, take over. I'm like, we only on day six here, sir. And we on day six and he like, take it all over. Be fruitful, multiply. And what he's talking about here is in people with character. The other times that we see him say, be fruitful and multiply, he says it to Noah. And what he says to Noah, he says, be fruitful and multiply. When? When there was nothing. He didn't tell Noah, be fruitful and multiply when everything was already going on around him. He cleansed it, wiped it, took everything away, and then he said, now be fruitful and multiply. For some of us, once that slate has been cleared, once anything has been taken away, because it doesn't even have to be everything. It could be one little thing taken away from us, and we're like, oh my God, I just don't think I could do it no more. But he lost And on that clean slate, God said, now, be fruitful and multiply. Same thing he told Abraham, be fruitful and multiply. It doesn't matter the resource you have on the outside. It matters the resource you have on the inside because what you have on the inside gives you the power to be fruitful and multiply. Multiplication is honor. We talked about honor. We talked about honor code. How is multiplication honor? Multiplication is honor because honor is value. Multiplication is all about value. And it's not just all about value, but it's all about quick value. Because he didn't say be fruitful and add. He said be fruitful and multiply. And so as a result of the value that he places on you and the value that he placed in you, now he says be fruitful. Because what I put in you is worth being fruitful and multiplying. When you think too low of yourself, you'll think that what you have is not worth multiplying. His plan for you is to make impact. And when you mess up, guess what? His plan for you is still to make impact. And when you experience failure, guess what? His plan for you is still to make impact. And when you feel hidden, like nobody sees you, his plan for you is still to make impact. And when you get a no, and when it seems like it's just not working in your favor, his plan for you is still to make impact. Because he created you and told you, be fruitful and multiply. God wants to trust us with others. But before he trusts us with others, he wants us to trust him with ourselves. Because we've been asking God for the impact, we've been asking him for the influence, but we haven't even entrusted him with everything about us. You don't get influence under other, of others until you allow for him to be the source of everything you trust, everything you stand on, everything you lean on, then he can trust that when you do get the influence, when you do get the impact, that you know how to direct them to the actual source. 
verse 29, it says, then God says, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. Everybody say, I was made for growth and increase. Reward comes with high risk. Any gamblers? Anybody gamble? Any ex-gamblers? Let me say that. Sorry, ex like in last night. Okay, so ex-gamblers. Whatever, because people are like, oh no, I don't gamble, I'm saved. Okay, whatever, that's fine. Ex-gambler, that's what I mean. Last night is ex, this morning is ex, okay. If you want to make more money, you have to take a higher level of risk. In the parable of the talents, you had the one who was afraid. He was shaking in his boots. And he was like, no, I can't do nothing with it because what if I lose it? And then you had another one, he's like, I mean, I'll do something with it, at least I can double your money. He took a little risk. Then you had another one, who's like, I put it, I'm going hard. I'm like, go hard or go home. You know what I mean? He put in everything he had and he reaped the greatest harvest. We were made for growth and increase. And not just in stature, but in gifts, in healing, in his spirit. We, you were made for growth and increase. So when you don't experience that in your life, you just have to look again. You just have to look again. It's not, it's, not that, it's not that you weren't made for it anymore. You just don't see it yet. So just keep looking because you were made in his image. Blessings and fruitfulness are commonly linked in the Old Testament. When fruitfulness is brought up, you can usually see a scripture or two ahead where blessing is also connected to it. Deuteronomy 7 and 12 says, Then it shall come to pass because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and mercy which he swore to your fathers, and he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your room and the fruit of your land, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. God doesn't tell us to do things out of the ordinary and leave us hanging. He's never called you to a risk that he does not plan on delivering. However, I have a question for you. Have you been risky enough to take a hold of your blessing? But some of us, we play the safest Christianity card. This is the most concerned we've been about other people's feelings uh, since we were born. I mean, we worried about how they feel about when we fail. We worried about how they feel when we succeed. We worry about how they feel with what we say. We worry about how they feel with how we look. We are so concerned in playing it safe that you haven't been risky enough to take a hold of the blessing that God has for you. It is risky business and blessings. But he says, get out there. When he talks to Joshua and when he talks to Moses, he tells them the same thing. He says, I give you the power that everywhere your feet try, it's yours. You can have it. It has nothing to do with whether he favors you or not. 
It is time out for us to start questioning if he loves us, if he favors us, if he sees us. Of course he sees you. You look just like him. You don't have to question your status in God. You don't have to question if he wants it for you or not. He started his whole book of instructions for you by saying, you are just like me. However, the key to Joshua, the key to Moses, was that they actually had to partner and step and lay hold of it all. Verse 31 says, God saw all that he made, and behold, it was good. In Genesis 1, God represented um, this idea of creation and standing back and then moving forward. Affirmation is a tricky thing because we think that it comes in devotionals. We think that it comes in statements. But true affirmation comes from heaven. And before you entered into this season, before you made the mistake, before you got yourself into the place that you're in or were in in the previous season, you looked like him. It doesn't matter if you get a little dirt on you. It doesn't matter if you go left and he has to pull you back, if you let him pull you. God's hand is on you. His entire image he placed in you. I feel like when he stepped back, he pulled out a stamp and he simply said, approved. Behold, behold. Nobody takes something that they're embarrassed about and says, behold. Nobody takes something that they're not proud of and says, behold. You make something, you know, draw a little something that's kind of ugly, put it right behind your back, and you'd be like, nobody look. But he put us on display. Like the first picture that your kid makes in preschool. I mean, just not really sure what it is, but behold, because it's made in my image. God's stamp of approval is on you. The affirmation of heaven is upon you. And you're not the exception, because that's what we think. Nah, I just, I just made it through the cracks. He was on the conveyor belt and I just slipped by. Uh-uh. He took a look at every single one. Approved, 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 perfect, just the way I want them, great amazing yes exactly what i was thinking approve behold 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 and it was good and that it is you yes you have to strive yes the mirror will get dirty yes 
It may have a crack in it, but it does not mean you weren't made in his image. Stand with me today. I want you to just take a minute And every feeling of inadequacy, I want you to bring that to the forefront of your mind. For some of us, it's inadequacy um, that we came up with ourselves. For others, it's word curses of, of outside voices or people. For some of us, it is that dang on biological clock. Whatever it is though, I want you to put it in the forefront of your mind. And I simply want you to grab it and ball it up. I want you to throw it on the ground, never to behold again. And now we say, God, with this clean slate, behold your son, behold your daughter, behold those who were made in the image of you to worship you and to embrace the affirmation of heaven. Just allow God to affirm you in this place today. You are wonderful. You are amazing. You are talented. You are everything God had in mind when he called you to the great commission. You are his beloved. You are his child. You are not an outcast. You are not an outsider. You're not an outlier. You're not a monopoly. You're not an exception to the rule. Everything that you need for life and godliness is in the word. And as you take in that word, it begins to couple with the image of God on the inside of you. And now we say manifest. Over your people, I say manifest. Manifest the image of God. Manifest his plans. Manifest his fruitfulness. Manifest his multiplication. Manifest growth. Manifest increase. Manifest. Manifest who God is, who he called you to be. Manifest the breath of God, the wind of God, the life of God, the ruach of God. Overtake us. Overwhelm us. Overcome us, oh God. We are yours and you are ours. We are yours and you are ours. We are yours and you are ours. And we accept that we were made in your image. Behold, behold, behold the beauty of God that lives inside of us. Behold the beauty of righteousness of a Savior who cares and loves for us. That he cared enough to make us just like him. <laughs>